Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Church Renewal Podcast from Flourish Coaching. Flourish exists to set ministry leaders free to be effective wherever God has called them. So when pastors or churches feel stuck, our team of coaches can refresh their hope in the gospel and help them clarify their strategy. I'm the host of the Church Renewal Podcast, Alan Edwards, and today we're going to be talking about holistic discipleship. What does discipleship and Christian education look like in your church? Are you doing Sunday school or small groups? What percent of your congregation is participating? What's the goal of your church's discipleship? Is it the translation of information or the transformation of people's lives? How effective has that been? We'd love to hear from you about your experiences in trying to renew discipleship in your church. So please connect with us on Twitter at Flourish Coach One. That's Flourish Coach, followed by the number one on Facebook at Flourish Coaching or just on the web at flourishcoaching.org. Reach out. We'd love to keep this conversation going with you today. Our executive director, Matt Bolin, is going to join us in a moment. And we're going to talk about uh, what is a made disciple of Jesus look like and how does holistic discipleship renew our congregations? So come on, let's dig in and explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church. We're here on the podcast today talking about church renewal and discipleship. Church renewal is a process by which God is renewing his church and his people. And one of the things that happens in the renewal process is our discipleship becomes more holistic. And I've got Matt Bowling here, our director at Flourish Coaching, to talk more about what we mean by holistic discipleship. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing okay. Great. Good to have you. All the uh, bad jokes aside. Oh, my. <laughs> well, the been... podcast decide that we've already recorded today. If we sound punchy, it's because it's true. <laughs> hey, Matt, when I was in seminary, I tried to write out like a personal mission statement for myself. And it went like this. I want to engage people in challenging and encouraging Christian discipleship. Um, and I wrote that because I'd had some really powerful experiences just sharing my life openly with other believers. And I wanted other people to have that same experience. Um, so that was kind of my journey into a more full life view of discipleship, not just getting information about theology or God. What about for you? What has your journey in understanding Christian discipleship been like? And where? how do you kind of experience and understand discipleship today? Yeah, so I think that for me, I was really pretty privileged because um, my... After I'd come to Christ, about six months after that, I ran into, um, I've said this before on the podcast, but I ran into Campus Crusade for Christ. And discipleship was what they did. They had a very distinct process by which you can move through and learn things and make progress moving forward and learn personal habits of reading the Bible and prayer and how to learn how to do evangelism. And really, they they brought you along to a certain point um, of becoming a disciple of Jesus. I think that uh, at a certain point in there, while I was still working for Crew as a missionary, I came to realize that although what I had learned was valuable, um, it only got you um, it only got you so far because they weren't taking you back and um, helping you learn the gospel more deeply so you could apply it more broadly. And what I discovered over time, personally, with my wife. Um, as we were moving towards marriage and we were trying to understand what would the gospel mean for us moving towards um, 
gospel ministry, towards me being a pastor, towards us being married, being to have kids, we were like, maybe we've missed part of this. If for Paul, the discipleship of those churches that he would write letters to was always about the gospel and always about how the gospel applied to wasn't to what wasn't yet formed in them, right? Right. Um, then maybe we had missed that in our discipleship. That maybe discipleship, it's more than but not less than understanding the gospel more deeply and applying it more broadly. So not more than, not less than, understanding and applying the gospel deeply and broadly. I think that when a lot of us think about Christian education, we think either about the transfer of deeper information about God, mm-hmm. or we think attractionally and programmatically. We, we think about doing the best quality program that's going to draw people into our youth group or Sunday school or, or what have you. Sure. Um, but I've heard you say that the real goal of discipleship um, in, in a church that needs and, and wants to be renewed by the gospel is that the discipleship is about transforming people into a fully formed disciple of Jesus, a mature disciple of Jesus. Right. When you, when you say that, what does that mean? What do you mean by creating fully formed disciples? Sure, sure. So um, I, I guess a couple of things. One is a picture and then the other is maybe an example and then me trying to explain it. So the picture first. So if you imagine a, a, a an arrow that begins uh, on your left and moves to your right, and at the be- near the beginning of that line, it's intersected by a small cross, right? So if you imagine that, that we call that discipleship continuum. And so what's happening is that as a person comes to Jesus, they take some steps. They eventually, because people reach out to them, they make steps towards Jesus. And then eventually they come to this point where they begin to walk in repentance and faith, right? And sometimes if... Uh, Sometimes they'll get some sort of follow-up or something like that that will help them get started. And then there's this big nebulous zone where occasionally, seemingly accidentally, someone pops out of that nebulous zone and they seem to be somebody who has somehow grabbed onto some doctrinal maturity or they seem to want to volunteer in the church or maybe they've got some leadership qualities. But it's not as though the church has thoughtfully continued to bring them along and help them mature. Um, Jesus in the Great Commission says, um, go and make disciples. So what's a disciple? If if you made one at your church, what do you what do you mean? Um, the church we were at in Seattle, this was a, a, a question that very much concerned us. And so we actually created a one-sheet one-sided, one-sheet piece of paper that we called Made Disciple. A Made Disciple. Yeah. For our church, if you were a Made Disciple, not that you were finished, not that you'd arrived. We're not talking about like total sanctification. No, 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 no. No, we're talking about what are the things that are completely non-present in an unbeliever that have to be built in people so that they could be what we would call a multiplying disciple right? That's what an elder is or a pastor is. They're a multiplying disciple. They are a disciple who makes other disciples. They're a disciple who makes other disciples. So they, they've learned discipleship well enough that they can go apprentice somebody else to Jesus, right? And so what is it that they have to pick up and and be able to learn well enough that they could, uh, that they could give it away to other people? And so we actually advertised it. 
We we would every year at our annual congressional meeting, we would hand the sheet of paper out to people. And we would say, here's what we're shooting for. This is why what we're preaching through. This is why what we're doing for Sunday school. This is why what we're doing for, for small groups. This is why we're doing for men's and women's Bible studies, right? This is why we're doing it. Though. We started a men's group. Um, and we took that made disciples sheet and we made some of the words bigger because the, we thought those were the most important for the first year of what we're going to do for content for our men's group. We so, so you took this big vision. What does a made disciple in our church look like? Right. This place, this group of people, our mission. And you said, okay, men's group, here's how you feed into a made disciple. Absolutely. And ideally you would see that happen in your children's ministry and you'd see that happen in your Sunday school and you'd see that happen in your women's or your small groups. Absolutely. That all of them in some way um, are attempting to help people make progress uh, in their discipleship. Um, part of the impetus for that was that formative in my in the early part of my time in Seattle um, was a book called Simple Church, uh, which is still super important. It's out in a new updated edition in the last several years um, from the original edition that we used. Um, but the one of the things about Simple Church that was really, really helpful to us um, is that they talk about if you're going to make disciples, that you've got to have um, basically four ingredients. You've got to have clarity, focus, alignment, and movement. Clarity, focus, alignment, and movement. Right? So you've got to be clear. What, what are we trying to do? Right? To focus, choose the things that you would do. Right? Align the ministries of church around it for the purpose of absolutely actually bringing people along in their discipleship. Um, and that's critical if the goal According to Jesus, assuming he's right, <laughs> big assumption, <laughs> big assumption is to make disciples. Then you need to ask yourself as a pastor, as a leader, um, how are we actually helping people move along in their discipleship in our church? And is that what actually animates the programs of our church? This is so different than the consumer mentality, which is, you know, what do our people want? It's even different than. I don't have a label for it, but like the crusader mentality, I'll call it for the moment where it's, we just need to get people engaged and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. This is something even because, because activist, maybe, yeah, right? maybe yeah. activist. Yeah. Um, because, because what you're describing that all of our formation of people is toward a specific, is toward a made disciple mm -hmm. that is specific to us in our context, right? The made disciple at your church in West Seattle might not look exactly like the made disciple Correct. at my church in rural Western Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. There, there are things that are contextual and specific. Absolutely. And a made disciple in a high church, conservative, you know, Anglican church might look different than the made disciple in a low church, rural, Baptistic or, you know, church of God kind of church. I mean, yeah. Th yeah. There, there's contextual stuff here, but but maybe there are some common threads across different churches that um, that those churches will need to change if they want to shift from their sure. current way of Christian education discipleship. If they want their church to be renewed in the gospel, there might be some changes they have to make in the way they do discipleship in Christian education. Absolutely. What are some of those common changes you feel like churches are going to have to make? Yeah, so I think that um, it's common, at least in the tradition where, where Alan and I uh, have both ministered, um, to be really interested in content, 
Yeah. Right. In passing over a lot of content, um, Bible content, theological content. Neither of us are down on content, right? We, no, we would love. I want good Bible I content. Want, I want good content, but it's content with a purpose. Yeah. It's content applied, right? So this is, for example, uh, why I like sermon-based small groups, right? Um, you get sermon-based small groups. Where sermon you based, discuss and apply the sermon, right? So if, for example, and this uh, this also, um, I mean. It, Larry Osborne, Big Church in the West Coast, Sticky Church. Um, he'll give you a whole theology of why this is important and everything. But just in terms of discipleship, if we pick our preaching in in a way that is tuned to helping our people move along in their discipleship, then we write discussion questions that are purposefully provocative to help people understand and apply the gospel and move forward in their discipleship. And then we discuss those questions and we pray over our response to them and we ask the Spirit to work, right? How could we not be moving forward in our discipleship? But notice that's all very intentional. It's very intentional. It's planned. It's deliberate. It's thoughtful. It's thinking about it as a process, right? Right. If you're going to build, my daughter wants me to build her a treehouse next summer. I've already begun to think through what would the process need to be to go from a bare patch of ground to a built treehouse, right? right? You have to have the idea, what's the built treehouse? That would be the made disciple. But also, what are the steps to get from here to the built treehouse? Mm-hmm. How do we get from someone who doesn't know Jesus or has just come to know Jesus to where we could help them become a multiplying disciple? That's that's what we're talking about. And that's over a period of years and things like that. But but could it happen in your church? Right? Sure. That's the question. Sure. Could somebody could somebody make that movement along? And would they know? It does do the people in your church know if I want I don't want to make this sound too like um, Gnostic, if I want to get to the higher level. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mean that. You know, we're not we're not working on our our OT levels here, you know. Hashtag, we're not Scientologists. Right. Um, <laughs> but but do the people in your congregation know, if I want to grow and mature, be challenged, here are the ways I can do that here. My elders, my pastor, have told me, these are the ways that I can grow as a disciple of Jesus. It's intentional. It's not just happenstance. Right. Yeah. Right. So let me ask this. Um, if I'm a pastor of a church or I'm the elder who oversees Christian education, maybe we've got a Sunday school teacher or a Sunday school superintendent listening today. Sure. And and I want to 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 move us one degree closer to to holistic discipleship, working toward made disciples. Give us just a couple things that we could do today. When we when the, we shut off the podcast, something we're going to go do today to to move right to move my little area toward more holistic discipleship. So I think that, that one, if you're a, a top level church leader, you're, you're a pastor, you're an elder, you're on the governing board. Um, I really think that it's very much worth the exercise of taking a couple of hours on a Saturday and saying for us, what's a made disciple, because that enables all of your ministry leaders underneath you to know what you're asking them to help you do. So it's not diffuse, it gets more focused. So I think that that's, that's one kind of thing. Um, I think also um, getting solid for yourself that this really is 
about going deeper and broader with the gospel. There's a lot of people that are really not convinced of that, right? Mm. There, there's a way of learning um, the contours of the scriptures that uh, is, um, so I think of like uh, Soma's story formed way, right? There's a way of learning the scriptures that that is linked to the unfolding of this wonderful gospel of grace, right? And people learn the texture of the Bible. So they learn Bible content, mm-hmm. but they learn it in a way where they go, oh, this whole thing is the unfolding of this gospel of grace and yeah. are calling into it, right? And there's ways of doing Bible content that are, hey, let's dig into first Kings and make sure that we can say all of the King's names. Okay, memorizing all of the King's names might not be a bad thing, right? Sure. But it's not ultimately what Christian discipleship is about, right? It doesn't ultimately help you live as a kingdom servant in the world for the sake of people that don't know Jesus. Yeah. So I think that trying to say, do I do I buy that that's what discipleship is? And then for me, is that how I'm proceeding in my own discipleship? Yeah. Am I proceeding in my own discipleship? Can I look back at myself a year ago and say, I'm different. I understand the gospel more deeply and I'm applying it more broadly. Yeah. So that as I go about the work that I lead in the church, that that's what's shining out of me. Sure. Is my own progress in the faith. Sure. So let's, so let's bring it just down one more level. I'm a Sunday school teacher or small group leader. Okay. I don't have any vision casting responsibility in my church. I'm not training other leaders. But I've got my five-year-olds in Sunday school, my 10-year-olds. I've got a small group of five guys that I lead. Um, what's something that I can do today to think about my my piece of responsibility in discipleship just a little bit more holistically? Yeah. I would say, um, do you understand where they are in their discipleship? Okay. Think about the people that are under my care. Yeah. And where they are today. Where are they? Yeah. And what's the what what are the holes in their discipleship? What what do they what do they not have yet that I can help, right? Um even just you know trying to figure out, okay, so if I understand what their holes are, how could I help them take the next step? Right? Yeah. Millions a million steps. The pastors that I coach, I'm like, you got 52 chances a year to nudge people in the right direction. That's a huge responsibility. Well, if they've got morning and evening worship, it's 104. But you got 104, just... <laughs> right. They got 52 at least. Yeah, at least. Right, right? Yeah. you know, that they've got the opportunity. Yeah. And do we use them that way? It's right. like the way we think about even preaching, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. Or, or Sunday school. Yeah. But what's the next step a, a five-year-old needs to take in their discipleship, yeah. right? Do you think that way? Or is it just about Saturday night opening up the book and going, oh, do I know the lesson for tomorrow? Mm, right. Mm, sorry, yeah. Sorry. I may, I may have planned some Sunday school lessons at nine o'clock the night before. Do I know? Or nine o'clock that morning, 45 minutes before Sunday school starts. Hey, um, we always like to end with a couple of resource recommendations to help fill up the thinking and the hearts and minds of our listeners. Uh, when it comes to discipleship continuum, holistic discipleship, um, what are, what are some places that you might tell people to turn to? Yeah, so I think that, um, so I'll kind of speak out of both sides of my mouth here. So I think that on the one hand, I love the work that Jeff Vanderstelt has done. And so his two significant books are Gospel Fluency and Saturate. Um, and so I just, I have been, I've spent a little bit of time with Jeff before we live in the same part of the world. 
And I just am, am impressed with the way that he's practiced this himself and written about it and, and helped the churches that he's led move through it. Um, I think on the other side of my mouth, so that would be going deeper with the gospel, wider with the gospel. If you want to look at intentionality, um, so not just big picture, but intentionality, both um, Perimeter Church in Atlanta and Redeemer in New York, they have these very laid out um, intentional curricula that they take people through. And so they've laid out these steps. If you want to become a disciple in our church, here's the process to follow. And so they give you some models. It may not be that you can pull off everything that they can, but you can look at the intentionality, right? Right. And you can see, oh, so they start first with gospel basics, and then they move into basic spiritual disciplines, and then they move into, you know, and right. so you can just see the movement that they take so that, and both of these churches have produced beautiful disciples, right? And so you can see the movement that they take as they help people make progress. And so they can serve as a a go to provoking for you as you would think about it in your yeah. own leadership. So while you reference a uh, perimeter and redeemer, you know, my little hundred member church might not be able to resource everything that they can, but I can still be thinking, what does a made disciple look like here? And what are the next steps we take a realistic view of who we are and where we might be going? That's great. Good stuff. All right, Matt, Matt thanks for talking discipleship with us today. Listeners, we'd love to hear you talk about discipleship too. How are you making disciples in your context? What are some of the challenges that you're facing? What are some of the ways you are seeing Jesus renew discipleship in your church? Reach out to us by email. You can get our executive director, Matt, at flourishcoaching.org. You can get me at alan at flourishcoaching.org. On social media, we're at flourishcoach and the number one, flourishcoach1 on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash flourishfb. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It helps other people learn more about church renewal, and it helps us expand the conversation we're having. We're eager to do that because we know that there is only one sufficient reason that today dawned, and that is that Jesus is yet gathering a people to his self, and he uses his church to do that. So please come pray with us and join us as we explore the ways that Jesus is renewing his church.